It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Tuesday, November 28th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that has some really fun Phantoms things to talk about today. Always eat at the Waffle House. Oh my God. All right, let's start the show. You're Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey there, and thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on all your favorite social media apps at Sportsology. We are at Locked On Flyers on Twitter, Instagram, Threads, and Blue Sky. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use the promo code Locked On NHL to get to a hundred dollar match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. We are on YouTube or on the SiriusXM app or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, before we get to Phantoms Tuesday, we do have a game tonight against the Carolina Hurricanes. No practice yesterday for the Flyers, so uh, no hints at any potential lineup changes here, but we may have gotten some clues from head co- coach John Tortorell. Yeah, so basically when asked about, you know, Zamula, Igor Zamula, um, said that, yeah, you know, he's been wildly inconsistent, but that's expected. But he is going to put in a lineup that's, you know, based on winning. He wants to win. And winning is fine. John doesn't ever talk about rebuilding. And the last time there was a real need for him to teach a defenseman in Cam York, he sent him down to Lehigh. And then when York was doing really well in Lehigh and presumably fixed, he brought him up, although I think Cam's got problems now and should go to the second pairing, and I think that would fix them now. Even that's not being done. But the fact is, for as long as the Flyers feel like, or at least John feels like, he is going to have a chance at the playoffs, it's going to affect Zamula's development because he's not going to get in as many games as you'd like. Of course he's going to be inconsistent, but you're trying to build a 23-year-old defenseman rather than having to go out and get one on the open market. That's the goal here. Yeah, I think it's interesting because, you know, we talked about uh, at the beginning of the season, we've been talking about it, you know, throughout the game so far, that the goal for this season was player development and making sure that in this very critical next trade deadline and next off season, we know what we've got. We know who we want to trade. We know who we want to hold on to for the long term in this rebuild process. And in order to do that, you have to maximize your player development. And I think that for me, John Tortorella is much better at developing forwards than he is a defenseman, hence him sending York down to Lehigh Valley because he doesn't know what to do with it. I think that You know, you can argue with his lineup decisions game to game in terms of is this the best way to win because a coach wants to win, the players want to win. That's fine, like you said. But I think as far as knowing what to do with younger defensemen, I think this is where he's in the dark a little bit and is not sure how to rely on his assistant coaches in order to get there. 
Um, I do think that he is much more focused on the forwards and making sure that Tyson Forster stays in the lineup it, for the same exact reason that you said Agar Zamula should come out of the lineup. Tyson Forster has remained in the lineup. And that's where I see the difference between how he can develop forwards versus defensemen. Right. But, you know, there's other people within the Flyers organization he could fall back on. Nick Schultz. He used to be a defenseman. He's in player development. Have a conversation with him. I don't feel that goes on. Yeah, I, I don't know if that goes on. And again, this is like a gut feeling for me in terms of the evidence that I've seen that he is either more focused on the forwards or has a better ability right. to develop the forwards than the defense. Well, I think it's a legit position to take, though, because we do see some you know circumstantial evidence for that. But what I do know is he doesn't want to talk about a rebuild. He thinks he's in the in the heat of winning right now. And for as long as they are, he is going to continue to manipulate as many um, veterans in that lineup as he can. And then if they seem to fall out of it, then I think he's going to fall back on the rebuild. And that's not how you rebuild. Yeah, I want to check in again on this very topic in a few weeks to see where the team is going and where the lineups are are headed. And we can reevaluate then. In the meantime... We've got a game tonight against the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, we're playing the Canes four times this season. So far, we've split the two games, and the visiting team has won both games. The last game against Carolina isn't until March, so this is the last time we'll see them for quite some time due to the schedule gods. Uh, the last time, of course, the Flyers won 3-1 to one, uh, a couple of weeks ago. Since then, uh, the Canes have won this past Sunday versus Columbus. Uh, they won 3-2. to two. Kachikov was in net for them. It was a comeback win with three goals in eight minutes in the third period. I mean, nobody scored in that game either team until the third period. So that made it kind of a wild game. Uh, Svechnikov got his first goal of the season. Hard to believe it took this long, but he had gone 10 games without scoring. And he got the game winner there. That is crazy. Um, Yeah, there's some slight changes uh, to the lineup. Uh, It's interesting. They put bunting on the fourth line. If he's going to be a fourth liner for them, they've wasted their money because they, you know, he was playing with Matthews and, Toronto and getting those points. And if you can't play in your top six and get those points, then you're, it's not a great contract. Other than that, mostly the same. The other issue is I see no Tony D'Angelo. Yeah. that And that's, you know, a couple of the changes that they have made uh, since the last time we previewed a game against Carolina is that uh, Svechnikov was actually moved to that second line with Kotkaniemi as the center. And and that has worked out for him so far in terms of getting more chances. Taravainen on that top line, him and Ajo have really good chemistry. And so I think that Rod Brindamore just really thought that he needed to tweak a a couple little things in this lineup. And I think Bunting just got the short end of the stick here in terms of... Yeah, in terms of him having to go to that fourth line, uh, it's just, it was kind of odd man out there. Yeah, Taravainen is one of those guys that can play anywhere up and down the lineup. So he's a valuable guy that way. And yeah, I've seen him play in every role. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then talking about Tony D'Angelo, I think that they just thought Jalen Chatfield was a better option with Dmitry Orlov. It's a safer option. That's Because Orlov yeah. already has all the skating and all the offense. So why have two guys mm-hmm. like that? Exactly. 
Exactly. And so I think, and that turned out to be successful for them in this most recent game. Uh, so I think that, you know, Rob Brindamore recognizes that his lineup is a little older than it used to be. Yeah. And so it needs speed and it needs uh, efficiency. And in terms of putting your best forward pairings together, that's what you need to do and, and getting a, a defense that can fulfill everything it needs to do, whoever is out there on the ice. And, and that has led to some success. They did lose to Tampa eight to two with um, Auntie Ranta was in that game the entire game and did not get pulled, which must have been brutal for him. Yeah, there's been a lot of seven, eight goals in games in the league, though recently there's you know the nhl yeah. put out puts out their monday morning bulletin and they pointed out i think off the top of my head there's been five or something and so there's there's a lot and so based on that i guess maybe in this new era we shouldn't be so shocked anymore about leaving the guy in now they are missing freddie anderson that that, that is a you know something that's yeah. you know tough for them because he is technically still their number one so they are still trying to find that balance between the two goalies. And that's where the Flyers could take advantage. Yeah, I think so. And I think anytime they're matching up against uh, that third line there, of course, uh, we have to watch out for Jesper Faust, uh, who has had some success yeah. against the Flyers. But Jordan Stahl and Martinuk have not really been producing this season. The same. And they're not the same. Yeah, they are just not. And so that's kind of a weak link for Carolina right now. It is. Jordan Stahl's, you know, getting up there in age. And while he's still good defensively and still can skate, putting the puck in the net hasn't been as good. So, yeah, there's a few things that are um, holding him back. Although I will say that now bunting on the fourth line is interesting because uh, their fourth line is a lot faster. Now, bunting does get into it with guys. But not necessarily to fight, more to agitate, like an a Sean Avery used to do. So it'll be interesting to see right. that dynamic. Like again, if I were the Flyers, I wouldn't put in my whole all tough fourth line because I don't think you need it against this team. But they will. We'll see what happens there, and of course, we will be back tomorrow to discuss how the game went. In the meantime, the Phantoms had a pretty solid weekend. And uh, some real success coming out of Lehigh Valley that has been continuing. We will talk about them coming up next. You know that feeling when your favorite Flyers player scores a hat trick? If you want to get that feeling and win 100 times your money, play Daily Fantasy Hockey on the Sleeper app. It's the official Daily Fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network, and it's our top choice for Daily Fantasy Sports especially daily fantasy hockey fans can also play daily fantasy NFL NBA MLB when it's in season and college football on sleeper and entries can be made in under a minute with elite players like Connor McDavid Sidney Crosby and Austin Matthews plus the new guys like Connor Bedard all you need to do is make more or less picks on stats for those stars you choose things like goals assists saves plus minus and more to win that 100 times bet on Sleeper, you have to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Flyers fans. You can win 100 times your money by playing daily fantasy hockey with Sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use the promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. 
In addition to recapping the game against Carolina, we'll be answering your questions on tomorrow's show. So get them in. You can email us at lockedonflyers at Gmail, send us a DM on the app formerly known as Twitter, or comment over on YouTube. Of course, that game starts at 7.30. You can catch every second of the Flyers hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search for Flyers. So the Phantoms, uh, two wins and an overtime loss this past weekend. So we have a six-game point streak going. They are fourth place in the division and eighth in the conference. This is based on point percentage because there's still a little bit of differential in games played here. But they moved up in spots in the division. Uh, Again, points in all three games. They're nine points behind Hershey, who's always just way far and above. But within... A uh, real good striking distance of Hartford, uh, five points behind there. And I think that uh, the Phantoms are in a really good spot right now. They know what they're doing well. It's continuing. It's been, you know, a couple of weeks now, at least two to three weeks of of really strong play, especially from certain players. Um, and they know exactly what they need to work on, which is, I think, is a good place to be for an AHL team. Yeah, I mean, they do know their roles. There is a little too much shuffling, but team does have some cohesion. They're playing a lot of close games. You never know how that's going to go late in the season, so you kind of wish they weren't. But other than that, you know, I like what I see. I wish there was a carrot for some of the guys, especially the top liners, to know that if they keep playing this way, they can get a call up. I can't tell you there is. So it's good to see that they're still going to just carry on. And, you know, they are developing. Whether we see Ali Lixell develop elsewhere, it's probably going to happen. But for now, he's he's getting better. Like, he's even getting better as an AHLer. So, again, he's 24. He's not out of the realm where you say, man, eh, I don't think this guy can be anything. I'm, I'm not there with him. Yeah, I think, you know, if you want to talk about that top line again, uh, they had another tremendous week. If you look at the team scoring leaders, Ali Lixel has 18 points in 18 games played. He's 10th in the AHL overall, second in goals, has the most shots on goal in the AHL. Tanner Lezinski, 17 points, 20th in the AHL, had the game-winning goal on Saturday. Samu Tuamala just had his third three-point game of the season. He's 23rd in the AHL in points, 12th in assists. On the rookie side of things, he's fifth in rookie scoring and leads the AHL in assists for rookies. So, like, this top line is still continuing to fire on all cylinders here. They're playing well, not just, like, together, but um, I think, you know, individually, they know what to do. They know what their role is. and. I just could not be happier with these three guys right now. Yeah, I mean, with Tumalo, this is what we wanted to see. I think we all wish we'd yeah. seen it like two years sooner. Um, but he's doing it now, and that's good. I mean, all of it's good. There's no, there's no negative here. And so, yeah, if they're going to stay together, then let them be one of the best lines in the league. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, and I I think that it's carrying over into the power play because these three guys get a ton of power play time. Uh, If you look at it, it, last week we talked about the power play because they were at 50%. They were at 50% again this weekend, 5 of 10 
uh, uh, power plays were successful. They're now second in the AHL in the power play overall, which if you think about the Phantoms last season, I felt like every single Tuesday we would say, oh, the power play again, right. oh, the power right. play again. We did. Right? People can go back and, and listen. We did say that. This season, like over the last several weeks, they finally have gotten it together. And I think this top line and this personnel, along with, I think, Emil Andre, to some degree, has been contributing to the power play. I think Helge Granz has not been a name we've mentioned much, but he's gotten some power play time that I think has helped as well. But I, I do think in, um, Cooper Marodi has been on the... Uh, power play and he's found some success there i mean and, you can't mention any defensemen there's 15 of them up in uh well up in Philly, so you know yeah that is true but uh, i do think that this goes hand in hand when you have this top line that just cannot be stopped and then they're the ones on your power play it, it's good both things are gonna go well yeah yeah no doubt it's all going well and and that's good i mean that's it's all positive it is a really good thing to see. And, you know, I would say that the main thing that they need to work on right now, and Lappy is the first person that would tell you that. He mentioned it post game after uh, the last game against Rochester, is just the penalty kill. Right. I mean, the penalty kill is 18th in the league. They have three shorthanded goals so far this season, which is pretty good. So they're trying to do a similar aggressive style that the Flyers have to some degree, but um, it, it is just not there. And so I think that's something they know they need to work on a little bit. And part of that problem is not taking penalties. Right. And they know, again, those are two things that go hand in it's hand. It's a weak point in your team. Don't keep taking penalties. Right. And th so they still have the most penalty minutes in the league overall. Um, and they lead the league in most time shorthanded. And so if you look even at the success they're having, you look at their goal differential, they're even at 52 goals for and goals against despite them having a winning record Not like a stronger yeah and that is a hundred percent because of that i think honestly like the biggest issue here is garrett wilson yeah. he needs to just cut out the nonsense i think that you know he's the guy that's going to get into a fight he's the one that's going to retaliate and i understand that there's a role for that in the league but if he's really the only guy doing it, he's got the most penalty minutes in the league overall. And that's a big reason. Yeah, he doesn't need to do it at a prolific rate. No, and he's going to get himself into trouble because if you get a certain number of fighting majors, then you get suspended. And I, I can't say it's all for just the fans because he's doing it on the road and at home. It's like, you know, look, the entertainment value should be more in the scoring than that. But even yeah. so, it's just, it, it just, yeah, you got to slow it down because a lot of it could probably be curbed. I think so as well. You know, and I don't want other guys who we need to be developing getting sucked into this kind of play who who don't need it and it's not going to benefit them. Like, oh, say Wade Allison. Like, I don't want Wade Allison getting into well, fights you know, because he feels like he has to pick up the slack. I know. Unfortunately, the metamorphosis of Wayne Allison may be just that. Like, that may be where he's headed. And he may not do it on the Flyers, but I see this with other, you know, young players that have gotten NHL time. All of a sudden they can't get NHL time. So then they have to find a position where or a role that does this 
So then all of a sudden he's going to play to that, and that may be the only way he gets back in the NHL. And so it wouldn't shock me if it happened. Yeah, I, I certainly hope it doesn't. And the way he played this past weekend doesn't indicate that to a large degree. I would say that he had so many scoring opportunities yeah. this past weekend. Um, they, the Phantoms played up against, uh, you know, we talked about the the Flyers maybe getting goalied a little bit this past weekend. Right. The Phantoms definitely got goalied, despite, despite the fact that they won two of the three games that they played. You know, I think that the goalies they were up against just made some incredible saves. And a lot of them were on Wade Allison. I thought he had so many good chances and created plays despite being on a line pretty consistently. You know, he's he's on a line with Gardner and Wilson. So, like, it's not like he's on with other top prospects. No, here. that's another problem. Yeah, he's had to carry that line offensively to a large degree, and he's getting the best chances he can get right now. I think that's true. A lot of them did not go in. See, the problem is he's not a center. So, yeah. like, he can't really break in on the third line either because of that. So it's either right. fourth or second. It's, it's like, yeah, I, it's either going to be that second line with those guys, but it's not like a true second line would be in the NHL, or fourth line with all the youngsters, and then you're the guy – who's supposed to carry the uh, the water there. Either way, it's not going to help him continue to develop. Either way. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's part of the problem here is that there isn't a good spot for him to, to really put a spotlight on his development. But uh, there's a bunch of other guys we've got to talk about with this Phantoms team, and we will do that coming up next. If you run a solo small business, you're an army of one but you still need a CPA, a bookkeeper, separate payroll, and more. Let Collective take care of your paperwork while you still take care of business. Collective is the number one financial solution for freelancers, contractors, self-employed entrepreneurs that lets you focus on your passion, not your paperwork. Let Collective handle all of your paperwork you dread, like corporation formation and compliance, taxes, bookkeeping, accounting, and even payroll. The best part, it's all at a fraction of the cost of a CPA. Collective knows that if your business of one makes over 80000 a year, you will find the most value from their services. Join the thousands of solopreneurs who have saved an average of 10000 a year on taxes with their structure. Right now, Collective is offering one month free and no onboarding fee when you go to collective.com slash NHL and tell them NHL sent you. That's a $550 value for free. When you go to collective.com slash locked on NHL and tell them locked on NHL sent you. That's collective.com slash locked on NHL and tell them locked on NHL sent you. Locked on has launched the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked on sports today is here for you 24 7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked on, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked on sports today on YouTube and subscribe. So, one of the other, I think, things that the Phantoms are running into is is in terms of the number of guys, right? And getting people ice time. We've talked about this uh, this season. Is it a problem? Is it an opportunity here? And I think that, you know, you look at a guy like Alexei Gendron as um, indicative of, the, of that issue where 
you know, they're getting him into the rotation, but it's really like on a three game weekend, he's getting one game and it's cause he's young. He's 19. Right. And you know, the other guys are closer and they're going to get more ice time. And I think, you know, we talk about having tired legs and a three game weekend, but there's opportunity here because the Phantoms have enough healthy guys that they could rotate in those fresh legs and give uh, guys like Gendron a chance. And when they do, he has a two goal game on Saturday. I was so thrilled for him. Yeah. He played really well. I think it's good for him because uh, right now, you know, he was scoring a lot in the queue and the queue is not a hard lead, not the scoring. So it's better for him to be here. You know, I get the four four goals in nine games. It's fine. That's good. If he's really going to be a goal scorer, though, he is going to have to be among the AHL's top goal scorers someday because he is going to have other issues to try and make it in the NHL. Yeah. You know, lack of height. His speed's really good. Overall play, he's got some feistiness. But there's a lot to work on here. So he's probably a couple-of-year project before you even have any idea of what he might be in the NHL. But if he's going to score goals, that's that's a great way to start. Yeah. And I think Lappy said something to that effect, Russ, where, you know, he has other issues with his game, like you mentioned, and that the way that Gendron is going to be successful is by scoring goals. So he's got to score goals when he comes in right. and he did. So, right. so I think everybody's sort of well aware of, of that yeah. being the situation with him. Um, I think J.R. Avon has generally been playing well. He doesn't get points on the board every game, but I think his game has been pretty steady and improving in the areas um, away from the puck that he needs to improve on a little bit and get accustomed to the to the pro game. So that is a good thing to see yeah, as he's, well. He's a guy that if all goes well by the age of like 22, you won't worry about Ryan Paling anymore. You won't worry about a lot of stuff because he might be ready for the NHL at that point, 22, 23, and could be a very good player, like a really nice third-line player. I know Flyers fans don't want to hear that because they feel like everybody is a third-line player, but guess what? You still need some of those guys, too. Yeah, and I think we have some uh, higher-level players in the wings right. as well in our prospect pool, in. like Cutter, Cutter Gatte, who's tearing up you know, Boston college hockey right now, right. Him, like him and Ryan Leonard or like the whole team feels like to some degree. Yeah. So I, like, I think that there, you're right. There has to be room for both. Um, I do want to make sure we talk about Felix Sandstrom because, um, you know, he was sent down through waivers and uh, he was the backup on Friday and finally got in on Saturday. And that game on Saturday against uh, the Rochester Americans, they had their two top guys get suddenly called up to the Sabres. So they were a little bit weaker um, on there. But in that game, the Phantoms only allowed 15 shots on goal overall, which it was a tremendous defensive effort overall, really strong play. Uh, four goals allowed on those 15 shots for Felix Sandstrom, which I'm sure he doesn't play. Yeah. And so I think like two of them were on the penalty kill. Again, they're on the penalty kill too much. But I right. I think that, you know, it was a little bit of a rough start for him, but he did make some good saves there. I think he just needs some time to get his beat. He does. This is where I feel for the guy, because what was going on at the NHL level, I get it. It was a defensive move for the organization and he's still getting paid. That's all well and good, but he wasn't playing. Yeah. And he wasn't going to play. And so that really hurt him. Like, 
we may not see the right Felix Sandstrom until half season or three quarter season, if at all this year. I mean, he might only play like 12 games or something like that. And that would be a, a terrible thing because then you don't know what you have anymore, whether you want to resign him or not. Because it's not like the Flyers are so deep in net that they couldn't use him in their organization. Because I don't believe that for a minute. Yeah, I, I think so. And, you know, they seem to be in a rotation or they'll create a rotation here with uh, Peterson and Gahagan. I think Gahagan is going to get the short end of the stick on the goaltending wise yeah. if it's, you know, a, a two goal, a two game week or something like that. But uh, we do have three games coming up. Uh, we have on Friday, the Phantoms are at Hartford, Saturday again at Hartford. And Sunday at Providence, who they just lost to Hartford, uh, who they're close to in standing. So this is going to be a really big weekend on the road for the Phantoms. Yeah, don't lose two at Hartford. That's that's my message. Yeah, they, they're going to have to play really well against that team. We'll be back next week to discuss how that weekend of Phantoms action went. We'll be back tomorrow to discuss the Canes game and have our mail back. So get those questions in via the app formerly known as Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at LockdownFlyers at Gmail or comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russum at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a fantastic day, everyone.